The Secret World Chronicle, a podcast novel series written by Mercedes Lackey, Cody Martin, Dennis Lee, and Veronica Jaguer. Presenting Season 7, Run Silent, Run Deep. Kingdom, written by Mercedes Lackey and Cody Martin. I think I need a moon base next, Verdigree said. A moon base, Dom. Kanjar didn't turn to face him. She was too busy taking in the sight through the viewport. A typhoon was fast approaching from the west, causing massive waves to crash against the rocks at the base of the mountain cliffs. This particular retreat of Verdigris was located on Isla de Serpentier, a volcanic island off of the coast of Peru. It was so named for the shape of the island, which resembled a coiled snake. The active but stable volcano was located inside of the highest mountain at the head of the snake, right about where its eye would be if seen in profile. It made for a very impressive view from the air. Well, what else do I have left? The Russian submarine was just recently refurbished, but I don't feel like taking a trip underwater anytime soon. And this place doubles as an airship. At least to this section, anyways. A moon base is the next big step. Wouldn't hurt just in case something cataclysmic happens to this wonderful blue marble of a world besides. He frowned a little. And if I... Have to. It would be a good place to skip out in case the Kriegers... He didn't finish the sentence. Kanjar didn't finish the sentence either. Just at the moment, she didn't want to ruffle any feathers by pointing out that if the Kriegers were as powerful as the Deva had shown Verd, the moon wouldn't be far enough to escape their clutches. When you were living on the edge of a volcano, it wasn't a good idea to upset the master of the house. The prospect of Verdigree being out of moves wasn't exactly a comfortable one for Kanjar, either. She didn't think the Kriegers would have any use for her. "'Would you care to see Harmony now?' she asked instead. The shuttle from the mainland docked just ahead of the storm. Dominic looked up from his desk, taken out of his moment of brooding. "'Yes, yes, have her come up immediately. You know what to do, my dear. Keep on your toes.' Kanjar spoke briefly into the microphone pinned to her collar. Harmony would be escorted from her guest room to the office by no less than four guards, all of whom would be completely armored and helmeted. No nice bare skin for her to get so much as a finger on. Certainly she was their ally. Certainly, so far as they were aware, when she was bought, she stayed bought. But it was Kanjar's job to take no chances. She, by nature, suspected everyone and everything. It was one of the reasons she had stayed alive this long and had become as rich as she had in Verdigree's employ. Harmony bothered her. It was not only that the woman's metahuman power was unsettling. It was that she had come out of nowhere and risen to this current position, bypassing most of the normal rungs on the ladder. What was worse insofar as Kandra's feelings of stability were concerned, she wasn't the only one who had done so lately. Kanjar preferred things to proceed in an orderly, predictable fashion. Lately, Dom had been making moves she considered risky, first in hiring Harmony, then, more alarmingly, allying with the Chinese woman. That one was dangerous, and Dom refused to listen to her about the general. Still, this woman was nothing like Shen Shui. 
She was not arrogant, she did not presume, and she didn't hold herself as if she thought she was Verd's equal or superior. She knew her place, below Dom, and more importantly, below Kanjar herself. Harmony was a hireling, useful but not valued beyond what she was paid to do. There was nothing about Harmony that seemed to inspire Dom to take the risks he was taking with the general. Thank the gods. What was it about the general that so fascinated him and made him reckless? There were moments when Kanjar even wondered if Dom was toying with the notion of... Surely not. Surely he knew better than to try and replace her. Still, the idea was chilling. Someone who knew as much as Kanjar did could only be replaced, never retired. Dom's usual generosity with his employees would not, could not, extend to a professional assassin who knew every detail of his security arrangements. But then, everything had changed since the Deva had visited him. Would it come to that, where he would sacrifice her to save himself? Of course it would. She harbored no illusions where Dominic Verdigree was concerned. He feigned caring very well, but when it came down to it, there was only one person of importance in Verd's life, and that was himself. Everyone and everything else was just an accessory or tool. She resolved to redouble her efforts at making herself indispensable. The office door slid open, and Harmony entered with her escort— it was plain to see that the security guards were nervous around her, though they did their best to hide it. Strange. She had looked very, very American when she had been with Echo, as if she could have been sitting behind the desk of a receptionist in any corporation, or been going to classes in any university. Now, however, there was something exotic about her. Her hair had been arranged in a loose fashion faintly reminiscent of an ancient Grecian statue— and the draped dress she wore only emphasized the resemblance. She appeared quite relaxed, even a little amused, and when Kanjar looked briefly into her eyes, she got the unsettling impression of great age. "'You sent for me, and here I am, Verdigree,' Harmony said with an artful little gesture, with the merest hint of a bow in it. "'What can I do for you?' Thank you for joining us, my dear. We have a great deal to discuss, but first, let me compliment you on your handling of the last few affairs and a bit of a surprise following the necessarily gruesome spectacle we had to make of Tesla. Very tidy, natural-looking deaths. I commend you. Verdigree flashed his best smile, but Kanjar had learned to read his moods. He was anything but happy at the moment. The failure with the trap in Atlanta Underground was still haunting him. Please take a seat. Harmony did so gracefully. Kanjar admired her dispassionately. There was nothing of the old Harmony about her. Now, how had she managed feign naivete, inexperience, the callowness of youth? She must be a superb actress. Still, she noticed a bit of steel in Harmony's look as she gazed at Verdigree, betraying a slight irritation with the billionaire. "'Thank you,' Harmony said. "'I do take pride in my work, after all. I gather this meeting is in regards to our arrangement. One final task?' "'Yes, of course,' Verdigree said with a smile. "'One final task? And the prize will be be mine? 
Harmony leaned forward, her eyes locked on Verdigris. Absolutely, my dear, he smiled, though he spared a look up to Kanjar before continuing. It appears we have some malcontents brewing revolution within our own ranks. By which you mean Echo, of course, Harmony said smoothly. And Dominic, please don't tell me this surprised you. I know you are much too intelligent to think that you could simply walk in and take over an organization like Echo without problems from malcontents. Yes, well... He sniffed, mock hurt playing over his face. You would have thought that, as ineffective as Tesla had been since the invasion, they'd at least have given me a chance before fomenting revolt. I would never have let the mountain suicide so spectacularly, for one thing. Waste of resources. Well, they have been commendably cagey about it. Look here. He pointed to one of the pop-up monitors that rose silently from the edge of the desk nearest to Harmony. Her brows creased as she watched the data stream scroll by. Dominic, I'm not particularly technically apt. What on earth am I looking at? To sum it up, I've been keeping tabs on nigh everyone in my employ, particularly everyone in Echo. As you said, these sorts of takeovers can be tricky. From what I've been able to gather through a series of phone wiretaps, computer logs, and physical surveillance, I think it's safe to say that there's a small group of personnel that wish to oust me, and they might have found the means to do so. Verdigree tapped on the desk twice, and all of the screens now displayed the same image, a scan of a paper document. Well, it was a scan of something on paper. Whatever it was, it was completely unreadable. It was as if the scan had been taken while the letters were moving from one bizarre alien language to another. Harmony blinked. How intriguing. What is that supposed to be? Do you know? Kanjar felt herself grow a little more alert. Harmony recognized that or at least recognized something like it. It's supposed to be one of the original copies of the Echo Charter, the one that belonged to Yankee Doodle, Verdigree replied. If the legend is true, all the original signers of the Charter got a copy. He laughed a little, a laugh with no humor in it. And if the legend is true, they all had some sort of spell cast on them, so they were like that. You couldn't read them, and you couldn't use code-breaking techniques on them because the letters moved and changed all the time. He frowned. I'm still determined to fix that little problem with this image. An original would be much more useful, but that's something for me to worry about. The point is the conspirators are going after a copy of the Charter, and I think they might actually have one. I'm pretty certain who two of them are. Yankee Pride and Ramona Ferrari. Yankee Pride, well, he's obvious. I ousted him when we took Tesla out. Ramona Ferrari? Harmony's brows arched. The detective? Why in heaven's name do you suspect her? She's nothing. Not meta, not attractive. Oh, she has a certain rudimentary cleverness, but... Verdigree spread his hands wide. 
one and the same. She's just far enough below the useful radar since she's not an op. And as a detective, she has a lot of latitude to work with in the rest of Echo. That, and she's annoyingly dogged in her pursuit of her goals. Normally, a trait that I'd love in an employee, but this one isn't the sort to be bought out by me. Well, you seem to have figured out who your enemies are, and you know what they intend. Why don't you just eliminate them both and have done with it? Harmony tapped a long, graceful finger on the side of her face. I really don't see what I can help you with here. Verdigree shook his head, smiling, as if he was correcting a mistaken child. No, 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 Harmony. I'm all about not wasting effort, and to kill them outright wouldn't only be wasted effort, it'd also make martyrs of them. Not to the masses, or even most of Echo initially, but martyrs have a habit of growing followings. What I have in mind is a bit more... artful. When we're done, and I do mean we... Their deaths will have served more than the singular purpose of securing my position as the head of Echo. Are you beginning to understand? Harmony sighed. Since Jack made himself scarce, you want me to take over Black Snake and engineer something suitably appalling for them. That way, once again Black Snake is reinforced as the villain, and you get to play the astonished and grieving father of Echo's children. Not in so many words. I'll certainly help you to make sure that it all turns out poetic and beneficial enough. But yes, your reward hinges upon it, shall we say. That shark look, eyes shiny and black, that Bird's eyes sometimes had came back right then. Kanjar didn't like that look, but she had come to expect it over the years. You hold all the cards, but Black Snake is notoriously misogynistic, Dominic. Will your operatives take orders from me? Harmony's eyes were just as cold in that moment. Or will you let me show why they should? You forget. The world runs on one thing. It isn't strength or fear, or power. It's money. Money can buy and control all of those things, and no one has more money than I do. They'll listen to you, Harmony. Verdigree let the words hang in the air for a moment. Because I'll tell them to. Agreed? She nodded. Agreed. You might have to make some examples. The cold look vanished from Verdigree's eyes, and he waved a hand dismissively. Cost of doing business. I'll attend to it if and when the issue crops up. I expect regular reports and will need to approve of any plans before they're put into effect. Any other questions? Harmony laughed. It had a disconcertingly young sound. Oh, Dominic, how soon you forget. I am she of the hourly reports, remember? You had to ask me to make them less frequent on the last op. Yes, well, call me a stickler for the details when they're important. He gestured towards the doorway. Be sure to help yourself to any refreshments in the anteroom on your way out. We'll be in touch, Harmony. I think I'll leave via sub, considering the storm. 
she replied, and rose. And considering the storm, I'll refrain from eating until we're clear. Unless you count that charming receptionist as refreshments. He waved a finger reprovingly. Good help is hard to find. It's why you're still here. Leave her be. She laughed. Then I'll just have to get some dockside takeaway when we hit port. Ta-ta, Dominic. First report will be in your mail when we have Nat. She rose as gracefully as she had sat down and winked. I'll just see myself out. I know the way to the submarine docks. She made good on her word, and the door slid shut behind her. Verdigree waited for several long moments after the door closed before he turned to Kanjar, fingers steepled in front of his chest. So, my dear, what are your thoughts on how things are going to proceed? Kanjar pondered. I can see why you did not place me in charge. You need me here with you. I can see why you did not place any of the current Black Snake officers in charge. After the debacle at the underground, it is clear that they are not competent to devise a good plan or follow it through. And the general... She left the words hanging. The general's goals only coincide with our goals to a point. Beyond that, she is not with us. I'm glad you see this, Kanji. She could tell that Dominic was expecting something from her now. Well, Harmony devised her own op, went underground with Blacksnake, then got herself placed in Echo as a double agent, and remained completely undetected for, really, right up until the moment she had to reveal herself. Kanjar pursed her lips. I would have said that I doubted her ability as a leader until just now, but... It is evident that she has many more layers than I had assumed, and she is intelligent, clever, and a superlative actress. Certainly she doesn't doubt her own ability to lead, and I don't think she is inclined to hubris. So I would have to say that of your limited choices, she is probably heads above the rest. But... There was still something that he was waiting for. He wanted her to reach the conclusion herself. It was important to him that she do so. She does not serve out of loyalty. And neither do I, not any more, but you don't know that, do you, Dom, dear? It's one of the most expensive commodities and requires to be constantly purchased for potentially higher and higher prices. But it's valuable for that very reason. He smiled again, self-assured. Thank you, my dear. Are you hungry? I'm famished. Chef Hudson probably has something special for you. You know how he loves storms. She nodded to the door. As ever. After you... Dom. Yes, indeed, after you. And one of these days, if it comes to that, when you turn around and look, I'll be gone. You have been listening to Season 7 of the Secret World Chronicle podcast novel series. 
The Secret World Chronicle podcast is narrated and produced by Veronica Jaguer. Music is Exciting Trailer by Kevin McLeod, available at Incompetech.com. The Secret World Chronicle is published by the amazing people at Bayon Books. Follow the series at www.secretworldchronicle.com. Join us on Facebook and check out the authors on Twitter. And as always, thank you for listening.